Judy Moth is historically synonymous with Bob Marley, and her work with the Gaylites, the I-3s, and her shepherding Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers on tour in the band's early years. But it is her journey as a solo act spanning five decades that leaves us with one of the most enduring stories in reggae history. Judith Veronica Mowat in 1952. She grew up in the tight-knit community of Industrial Village in Gordontown, St. Andrew, where her local church would become her talent incubator, developing her knack for harmony, a skill that would later help her carve a path through Jamaica's male-dominated music industry. Ironically, however, it was her dancing skill that gave Judith her first taste of show business when in 1958 she became a member of the Jamaican cultural dance troupe Estrelita, eventually going on to tour the Caribbean. Her budding friendship while on tour with two fellow dancers, Beryl Lawson and Merle Clemonson, would lead to the formation of Jamaica's first all-female group, the Gaylets, and by the mid-60s, the three-part harmony group would be cutting records for Edward Siaga's World Records and Ken Curry's Meritone imprint, on which they minted the 1967 hit Silent River Runs Deep, backed by Lynn Tate and the Jets. single, I Like Your World, for Ken Curry's Federal Records, would spawn the Gaelic's next hit single, and they would continue the streak with a 1969 remake of Dusty Springfield's Son of a Preacher Man. The single would be the Gaelic's first transatlantic hit 
and their last, as Beryl and Merle would leave Jamaica for greener pastures in New York, while Judith opted to remain in the island to have her first son and pursue nursing as a career. Now a solo act, Judy Moat would sign with Ken Corey's Federal Records, minting the 1970 track It Must Have Been Him for Corey's FRM imprint, earning the artist her first minor hit as a solo artist. I tell myself what's done is done. I tell myself don't be a fool. Play the field. Have a lot of Other labels came knocking, but her contract with Federal Records prohibited Judy from using her moniker, Judy Mowat. But on the advice of Sonia Pottinger and Lee Scratch Perry, the artist would release tracks under various other monikers such as Judy, Judy Gaylet, Judith Mowat, Sister Judy, and the ever-popular Julian, under which Mowat would cut the 1972 hit, Way Over Yonder, a cover of the Carol King 1971 original with production by Sonia Pottinger on the Gay Feet imprint. The popularity of Judy Moat's music under her various monikers led to Curry releasing her from the ironclad contract in 1972 and in that very same year she would carve out the UK hit single In the Ghetto for Edward Kastner's Sue Records as Judy Moat for the first time in nearly three years. Her side hustle as a backup artist would lead to a fateful meeting with future musical partners Marcia Griffiths and Rita Marley at a Cox and Dodd studio session sometime in 1973. That very night, the three hit it off instantly and would head to Chin's nightclub in New Kingston, where fate would pull the three even closer. Their open mic impromptu rendition of the Sweet Inspiration's 1968 monster hit Sweet Inspiration would bring the house down and set the stage for what was to come. Encouraged by the crowd and a highlight in the daily paper, the three women began pondering names, initially settling on We Three, but under the advice of Bonnie Wheeler, quickly shifted to I3s and the now legendary group was born. Be 
The birth of the I3s happened during Bob Marley's solo run after his split with bandmates Peter Tosh and Bonnie Whaler. However, Bob did not enjoy being a solo act, and on the advice of Lee Scratch Perry and the growing local popularity of I3s, Bob Marley would unite with the trio to form the short-lived supergroup Bob Marley and the I3s, before Bob started dabbling with name changes, a very annoying habit of his if you consider the 17 name tags he had before settling on the now iconic Bob Marley and the Whalers moniker. Along the way, Judy Mott would be encouraged by Lee Scratch Perry to form her own label, Ashadan, in 1976, becoming the first female artist in Jamaica's music industry to own a record label, a feat literally unheard of in the bullish reggae industry of the 1970s. The I3s would continue to support Bob Marley as backup vocalist until his death in 1981. Judith would stay close to the fold, helping Rita to shepherd Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers in their early years. Mowat, however, was always focused on her solo career while balancing her musical commitments to the I3s and Bob Marley, a skill she earned from motherhood. Along the way, she released two critically acclaimed solo albums, 1975's Mellow Mood for Tough Gong, and 1979's cult classic Black Woman for Island Records, an album that would go on to become a musical backdrop for the feminist movement of the 1980s. Her signing with the US-based Sanachi Records in 1982 would open doors for Judy Mowat stateside and her 1985 album Working Wonders for Sanachi would lead to a 1986 Reggae Grammy nomination, becoming the first female act to receive this milestone in Jamaica's music history. By the dawn of the 90s, Judy Mott had established her presence as a cultural icon in the global reggae landscape, with filmmaker Bianca Brand setting the tone in 1994 with the now cult classic documentary Roots Daughters. 
she would convert to Christianity at the close of the 90s, a move she would signal with her 1998 album Love for Claude Evans' African Love imprint. Your only son, no sin to hide, but you have said. For the next 15 years, Judy Moat's faith became her focus, and a steady resurgence of her music would lead to an entirely new generation of UK fans clamoring to see Moat performing live in the 21st century, and that she did, returning to the stage in 2015 alongside Marcia Griffiths and Bob Andy to raving millennial fans throughout the United Kingdom. It can be argued that at times, her presence as a solo act has been understated in comparison to her I3 counterparts and her journey, sometimes overshadowed by the Marley legacy. However, her contribution to Jamaica's soundscape over the last five decades has never gone unrecognized with her 1999 Order of Distinction by the Jamaican government honoring her presence and musical legacy as a riveted inspiration for future generations of Jamaican female vocal acts who aspire to become legends of reggae. Over 400 years has washed away our fears and strengthened the pride. Now we've turned back the Control from your hand. 